everyone, and welcome to Talk with a Doc, the show where we bring your questions to Providence St. Joseph Health medical experts for insight and information. I'm your host, Marion Off, and here with me today is Jocelyn Riley, a perinatal mental health expert and clinical social worker with Children's Hospital in Alaska. And today we're answering your questions about postpartum depression and anxiety and how it's different from the baby blues. Remember, everyone, all of our questions come from our listeners via social media. We can be found on Twitter at PSJH and on Facebook under Providence St. Joseph Health. Use the hashtag TalkWithADoc, that's hashtag TalkWithADoc, for a chance to hear your questions in our episodes. Before we start, I want our listeners to know that the information provided during this program is for educational purposes only. You should always consult your healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. This conversation today may be triggering to some listeners, and for help, you can always contact the Postpartum Support International Helpline at 1-800-944-4PPD. Again, that number is 1-800-944-4773. You can also send a text message to the helpline at 503-894-9453. Okay, let's get started by welcoming our expert today, Jocelyn. Jocelyn, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Tell the listeners a little bit about your background and your role here. Yeah, so I've been a clinical social worker for 14 years, and I have worked at Providence for seven years in the role as an outpatient therapist working with um, the perinatal population. And I also wear the hat as a volunteer for Postpartum Support International. Wow. Well, today we are talking about postpartum, um, and I think what everybody wants to know is, what is it? So when you talk about postpartum depression, two, a couple things you need to know is it's not just depression, it could be anxiety, mm-hmm. and it's not just postpartum, it could be during pregnancy also. Okay. Um, How common is it? Some people say it's one in seven or around 20% That's pretty high. of women experience symptoms, and then one in 10 men experience symptoms. Well, I guess most people probably just consider it to be the baby blues, right? So the baby blues would be... Um, only in the first two weeks after the baby's born. Okay. So there's a, there's a timeline for the baby blues. Yes, absolutely. And you're also looking at the severity level. So, um, if someone is feeling suicidal or have, they're having really intrusive, um, scary thoughts, that's not the baby blues. That's depression or anxiety. Right. Um, baby blues, the predominant mood is going to be happiness. Um, even if there's a lot of crying or feeling overwhelmed, um, during that two week time frame after the baby's born. So as you talk about postpartum depression and anxiety, and, and we've noted off air that you really should say anxiety, right? Because it can be both. Um, what are the typical signs that people would look for? People are generally going to say, um, something like, I don't feel like myself. Mm -hmm. Um, they're going to feel a lot of guilt and shame. Maybe, um, it, it looks kind of different for everyone, but we have a a big long list of symptoms that it could be, um, feeling anxiety or feeling overwhelmed. Um, there could be a lot of crying or, um, it could be difficulty bonding with the baby, but that's not necessarily part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times it's a a loss of self, a loss of, um, feeling like I know who I am. Sure. Things like that. Well, I can imagine you just came home with a baby. It changes your whole world, right? Right. It's the biggest adjustment that sure. people go through, moms and dads. So is, are the symptoms the same for men then? Generally, um, they're going to be similar. Um, a lot of times um, men um, are not going to disclose as easily because mm-hmm. talking about mental health can be um, really scary for people, sure, especially sure. in our culture for men. Um, but other symptoms that people don't talk about are, are irritability and anger, and that could be both for women or men. 
Interesting. Well, I think you bring up a really good topic, Bake, when you talk about kind of like the embarrassment factor of the struggle. There's still a big stigma around mental health in general, but there is a stigma with postpartum depression because moms feel like they should be able to handle it because millions of women do it every day, right? Absolutely. When you plan on having a baby, you think it's going to be all sunshine and rainbows and it's going to be this beautiful baby. And then the reality of it is it's a really tough adjustment. Um, So wherever you are in that spectrum of experiencing uh, difficult symptoms, um, it's, it could, it's really difficult to disclose those symptoms many times because you don't want to be seen as a bad mom. Um, you, um, that the stigma's there also, you know, if, if some women are afraid of, um, losing their baby or having their baby taken away. Right. Right. Oh, that's so sad. You're already upset. You're already dealing with issues and then you feel even worse or scared that has to add to it. I would think. Yeah. That sense of isolation. Absolutely. Well, um, what actually causes it? I think there's a lot of people out there who say it's hormone related. I've heard a lot of people say it was because I had a birth trauma. Sure. So any, either of those could be triggers. Mm -hmm. Um, when we look at the cause, um, it, it could be a combination of hormone, um, or some sort of birth trauma or previous trauma, it could be um, diffi- uh, lack of social support. And mm-hmm. um, the generally, it's going to be a combination of things and not just one thing. Got it. Um, if you have a really colicky baby or a really mm-hmm. fussy baby, that could also be a trigger sure. um, to that feeling of like, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm overwhelmed and I'm sleep deprived. Um, so all of those things kind of pile on top of each other, um, for many people, but the hormones definitely um, play a big factor. I read something recently that said women who have multiple births, twins, triplets tend to have postpartum more, uh, commonly. Is that accurate or is that just a myth or just something people are theorizing about? Yeah. I haven't seen any research on that, but I believe that. Yeah. Uh, it sounds more stress, right? Sounds very stressful. Um, yeah. Certainly, and I don't know the numbers, but people that experience a NICU stay Mm -hmm. um, certainly at more at risk for postpartum depression or anxiety, specifically postpartum PTSD. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you have twins or triplets, you're more likely to be in the NICU. Does it have anything to do with bonding right after birth as well or no? It could. If you're feeling depressed, um, you may have trouble bonding mm-hmm. with your baby. Um, so one of the things that I work on, if someone discloses that's an issue for them, is um, working with them on how to bond mm-hmm. and things they can do to help facilitate that bond and letting them know that not everyone bonds right away. And that's right. kind of like a Hollywood myth. Right, right. <laughs> then you get out, put the baby on the chest and you're connected. Like right? magically. Like, right? oh, I love you so much. <laughs> the same with breastfeeding, right? Everybody's like, oh, it's easy. You just put it on there, right? Right. Well, multiple births makes me think too, what about people who have multiple children? So are you more likely to get postpartum depression and anxiety if you had it with your first birth or is it really just dependent on the pregnancy and the person? Every pregnancy is different. Um, If you have a previous history of depression or anxiety, you are more at risk for experiencing postpartum depression or anxiety. Um, So certainly if you had it with a previous pregnancy, or postpartum experience, then you are more likely. How do you know if like, if you were pregnant, but you had anxiety in, de- in general depression before you got pregnant, do does it increase? Does it, is it, do you just have 
regular i'm using air quotes regular sure. anxiety or is it postpartum because now you have a baby what, what's that look like so that's a really good question um a lot of times um if we talk about specifically with anxiety the anxieties will go from a general anxiety to a specific focus around the baby oh, okay so what if the baby's not breathing you know mm -hmm. those mm -hmm. kinds of um ex experiences about your physical health your mm -hmm. the mom's physical health and then the baby's physical health a lot of times will manifest um so that's pretty clear like okay this is shifting into a post uh, perinatal anxiety Got disorder it. because it the focus goes around the baby. Um, with depression, uh, um, yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, what you just said made me have another question. So is depression more around like the bonding and the wanting to really be connected to your baby and the anxiety is more about what you just said, the baby's not breathing, I need to watch the baby 24-7, or is it all kind of the same? Well, a lot of the symptoms overlap, so it can be really tricky to figure out um, a the different which mm -hmm. diagnosis would be more accurate um but it, it really everybody's so different that it just depends on what their situation is um sense. i'd say with depression you're going to see more of the guilt um guilt and isolation um factor and then there could be suicidal um, thoughts as well yeah. well why is it so hard to recognize the warning signs or even admit to depression and anxiety as a mom specifically right yeah. So, you know, we talked about the stigma um, and that it's really hard to disclose um, what's going on. Um, the stigma around mental health issues is just very prevalent. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that um, being worried about uh, not being a good enough mom. Right. Um, well, and like losing your child, like you said. But yeah. I think it's how do you really know? How do you recognize it? So as, like, do moms even know that they have it? I mean, are oftentimes the clinical experts the ones that say, hey, I think you might have postpartum depression or anxiety? Sure. So I think a lot of people know that something's not right mm -hmm. um, because they feel very different than they did before. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of times they know something's wrong, but they're not quite sure what. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to put a label on it until they get some education around these are possible symptoms you could be experiencing. Does Do any of these sound like something you're experiencing? Mm -hmm. um, and then then the provider, so the provider has a chance to give them some, edu some education. And then that person, that mom right. or dad can say, oh, yes, I have been experiencing that. That's the name for it. it. And then that they can clarify what that what that looks like do you think I know that there's been a lot of um, celebrities who have come out and talked about their postpartum depression I'm uh, Hayden Pantieri I can never say her name right she came out and she actually gave her baby to her spouse for a few months took some time off um, and she was really criticized harshly mm -hmm. for doing that but she said you know I didn't feel like I could be a good mom I needed that time now I feel like I can be a good mom is that I mean do you think that type of Criticism is what stops women from admitting to it? Probably. Yeah. Um, people are really hard on moms in our culture. So. On every aspect, right? Yes, yes. But do you think then the, the positive of people like that coming out is that it does bring awareness, it does make it more normal, it removes the stigma, but also maybe people didn't even know that postpartum depression existed and they're like, ah, that's me, that's me. Yes, absolutely. I think when celebrities talk about their experiences um, or, and there's a, there are a lot of, 
parenting podcasts out there. Mm -hmm. um, And a lot of them touch on postpartum anxiety um, and depression, um, which I think is great to get that information out there and that awareness. Yeah. Well, let's go to the big one. How do you treat it? So um, everybody, of course, has a different... um, experience Mm -hmm. and the severity, you know, if it's more severe or less severe, but, um, there are three approaches. So one is support. Um, so that could be physical support, emotional support, something like a support group. Um, the other, the second aspect would be, um, medical. So, um, working with a doctor, possibly medication as part of that. And then the third one would be therapy, um, which is the part I do. Mm -hmm. Um, and, usually uh, individual therapy, but it could be group therapy or couples therapy as well. Let's talk a little bit more about the therapy then. Is that talk therapy? Is it self-care therapy? What What is it? Yeah. So um, in talk therapy, you know, the usually it's the mom, right? Mm-hmm. If we're talking about women traditionally or the ones that are reaching out for help, um, they are have a safe space to um, share what they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's things that they can't share with their family or their friends. Um, it's, um, therapists are trained to have an unconditional positive regard for patients. Mm-hmm. So we can establish, um, a really, a trusting relationship, um, so that they the patient feels free to share. Um, and then it might be problem solving. It might be venting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, using some sort of, um, cognitive behavioral techniques of, you know, what are some things you can try that'll help make things better? Um, what are, I talk a lot about sleep. Um, how can we get a little bit more sleep? Yeah. Um, because sleep deprivation can exacerbate all of those symptoms, especially for new moms. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not just new moms, right? You said it can actually start pre birth and it can last quite a ways into post birth. Yeah, so the onset of um, depression or anxiety could start during pregnancy, anytime during pregnancy, um, and then all the way through the first year um, postpartum. um, And that could be the onset, so then that could last however long, depending on the person and depending on how aggressive the treatment is. So there's not really a, I'm going to get better in two weeks or four weeks or six weeks. It's just really dependent on the person. It really depends on the person. Um, if they decide to try medication, Mm -hmm. um, along with therapy, Mm -hmm. then, um, that's probably, uh, um, going to be a little bit quicker, Mm -hmm. um, as far as weeks, but you know, if someone doesn't have a good reaction to medication, then that is maybe a setback. Sure, sure. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but before we do, I wanted to give a gentle reminder that help is available by contacting the Postpartum Support International Helpline at 1-800-944-4773.
back with Talk with a Doc, and we're joined today by Jocelyn, and we're talking about postpartum depression and the baby blues. Um, so, Jocelyn, let's talk a little bit about um, how people get their diagnosis or their assessment. Are they coming to you? Are they being referred to you? Sure. So, most of our um, referrals come from women that are giving birth at our hospital, at Providence mm-hmm. Hospital, and they get an automatic, almost automatic referral um, to come get a mental health checkup about four weeks postpartum. So we're encouraging everyone to get screened for depression and anxiety. And when they come in, it's an opportunity to do that screening and to do really a full assessment on how are you doing? How are you sleeping? How are things going? Um, What was your birth like? Um, You know, you mentioned birth trauma earlier, and that can be um, an important talking point at that appointment. Um, But and then we can discover from there. Does this person need ongoing treatment or are you doing really well? And we can say, okay, now you know what the resources in the community are and call us if you need us. So it seems like that should be the norm. You've just gone through a very life-changing moment and experience. Um, We do that, right? When somebody has a major surgery or like my father had an amputation and he had to go in and talk about how he was feeling about that. Is it the norm nationwide for these kind of referrals that from every, every person who has a baby that the doctor sends them in for the assessment? I don't think so. Well, it should be. Right? <laughs> um, I know that ACOG has changed their recommendations for screening, and they're recommending um, a depression screening at two weeks postpartum and at six weeks postpartum. Okay. Um, but that's done by the OB or midwife, um, and then that person would have to then refer them out if they screen and that's, you say two weeks and six weeks, and that's because a lot can change between two weeks and six weeks, right? Exactly. Yeah. The baby's changing, sleep patterns are changing, acknowledgement, maybe maybe the mom who was, your mom who was staying with you for the first couple of weeks went home and now you're all by yourself. That changes, <laughs> right? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, but people can self-refer to you, correct? Absolutely. Okay. And so do they just basically call and say, I'm, I'm not sure how I'm feeling? Um, a, a few people do. They call and say, I'd like to make an appointment. Maybe they've done a little research on the internet and found our number um, at, at Providence and they, ha- and they call and make an appointment. Um, generally, um, mo- most of our referrals are coming, like I said, from the mother-baby right, right. unit. But when we get referrals during pregnancy, they come from the OB or midwives. Oh, we really sense. try to work with um, our community OBs and midwives in that if they're experiencing symptoms during pregnancy, we can prevent a bigger problem down the road if they can get right. treatment now. What would you say to people listening, maybe loved ones, partners, spouses, who think maybe their partner is experiences? How do they start the conversation with the mother? Really sitting them down and saying, I love you so much. I care about you. Um, what's going on? Or I've noticed... Um, whatever it is that they've noticed mm-hmm. and you know, how can I help? Um, that um, postpartum support international is a great resource mm-hmm. as far as international resource, right? Um, their website is postpartum.net. So anyone can go to their website and do their own research. Nice. Um, that's great for family members. Um, and then from there you can click on your state if you're in the U S and look at and find what the local resources are for your state. Oh, that's great. We're going to take more questions from the audience. Um, can I do online therapy or therapy over the phone for this? 
Absolutely. Um, a lot of providers um, are starting doing uh, virtual visits or online sure. um, appointments. And um, there have been studies um, that show that we can prevent uh, postpartum depression by doing um, telephone therapy. Okay. I think they did like t- six sessions on the phone during oh. pregnancy. Um, so things like that. Preventative. That's amazing. Yeah, things like that are, are up and coming for sure. Love it. Well, um, can a support group help me? Yes, absolutely. Um, there are online support groups and there are support groups in person. Um, I lead a support group here in Anchorage and um, it's every week and it's free. Um, through Postpartum Support International, you can find a listing of any local support groups wherever you live. And then if you don't have one nearby or you can't get out of the house or you have older kids that won't you know, let you leave, right, right. Um, then there's online support groups through that website as well. Oh, that's great. Well, you talked a little bit about medications being a potential option for, for treating. This question says, can antidepressants be passed to my baby through my breast milk? Yeah, and that's probably more of a medical question um, (laughs) that I'm not qualified to answer, but um, I do talk about medication with patients and talk about the risk versus benefits. Mm -hmm. Um, And the risk of not treating is usually greater than the risk of treating. That makes sense. Well, the next question is right right after that says, are there more natural ways to get better that you would recommend, like exercise maybe? Sure. So it depends on the severity of their symptoms. If they're really severe, then I do um, encourage them to talk to their doctor about medication. But if they are not as severe symptoms or they really, really want to try more um, other uh, alternative methods first, um, of course, therapy is great. And I think everyone should talk to a therapist. But um, things like exercise can be really helpful, especially if it's something that's worked for them in the past. Um, a lot of people use exercise to, right. to manage their anxiety. Mm-hmm. So if that's worked for you in the past, then fantastic. Use it again. Um, other things that can be helpful are yoga, mm-hmm. acupuncture, things oh, great. like that. Wonderful. And getting more sleep, of course. Yeah, you did mention sleep. I feel like sleep is, is a trending topic on this one. Um, well, what can be done to prevent postpartum depression if I have a history of depression before I get pregnant? We kind of touched on that earlier, but I don't know if we talked really more about prevention or not. Sure. There are lots of things you can do um, when, especially if you're planning on getting pregnant, you know, talking to your doctor about preconception planning and um, what what does that look like for you? If you had a really bad experience before, you might have some anxiety about getting pregnant right. or having another right. baby. Um, of course, we know that 50% of pregnancies are unplanned. So if you find yourself pregnant and you're terrified. <laughs> Did you just say 50%? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's a really big number. I know, right? Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, so the meeting with a therapist during pregnancy mm-hmm. um, can... Um, prevent postpartum depression um you even if if it's getting to the point of um being really worried and getting anxiety Mm -hmm. about depression oh my goodness um you know talking to your doctor about medications can certainly be an option and even preventatively getting on an antidepressant wow it happens we did a, an interview with one of our um, maternity specialists down in California, and he actually talked about women who had uh, trauma before who had an anxiety of getting pregnant again. Sometimes hypnotherapy worked, mm. and I thought that was really interesting. Do you do you know anything about that? I don't. That yeah. sounds really interesting, though. She's going to go look it up. As soon as we leave here, <laughs> she's going to go look it up. Um, well, this is a, a pretty solid question. If I think I have postpartum depression, when do I talk to my healthcare provider about it? 
I'd say today. The minute you notice, right? Give them a call and and make an appointment to come in and talk. Um, Some healthcare providers, one of our hopes is and missions and challenges, I guess, is getting more healthcare providers trained and um, be comfortable talking about mental health issues mm-hmm. um, so that when a person goes in and says, I think I might have postpartum depression or I might have anxiety, um, that that healthcare provider knows what to do. Mm-hmm. Since earlier we talked about the fact that it can start when you're pregnant, it can go you know, year after. Is it, are there certain things that are more stressful or certain things that cause um, postpartum depression and anxiety more so than others? Like is being pregnant and being afraid of the birth more likely to cause it or going home and being on your own? Any triggers? Yeah, I'd say um, both of those um, <laughs> suggestions, you know, could be um, put put someone at a higher risk. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we talk about risk factors rather than causes. Um, so it could happen to anyone, sure. even if they have the greatest support network and have excellent prenatal care. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, celebrities talk about it and they have like a private nanny and a right. private chef and a private nutritionist. You're like, I'm not really sure why, but that really just means that it can happen to anyone for any reason. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes you just never realize what the reason is, um, yeah. or maybe you're more sensitive to those hormonal changes. Um, and we were just talking about, the, about it the other day that uh, men's hormones change as well when mm-hmm. they have a new baby. So their testosterone level goes down, their oxytocin level goes up. Um, so those hormonal changes could affect them as well. Well, it's interesting that you say you may never know. Is that hard for people to accept? Like, do they always want to know why? Why me? Why did I get this? Yes. Yeah. And, and what do you tell them? Um, I tell them that it's not their fault. Right. I think they want to know, is it something I did? Right. So reassuring them that it's not their fault, um, that it could happen to anyone, um, and getting them to believe that um, right. That's is, a tough one. is really important. Yeah. Well, you talked a moment ago about triggers. Are there physical health triggers? Like is if, if you had certain physical health conditions before you got pregnant, does that exacerbate it? Um, things like gestational diabetes certainly okay. can put you at a higher risk for depression or anxiety. Okay. Okay. Um, now, I know when people talk about this, this topic, they talk about um, matrescence. That's, I don't even know what that means. So um, it's the idea of that adjustment to motherhood is kind of like adolescence, except oh, okay. it's pregnancy and postpartum um, matrescence. Yeah. And what are the stages of that? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you had me there. I really thought you knew that one. <laughs> Um, well, this question I think you've, you've kind of addressed, but it is a tough one. How long will it take for me to get better? And I guess the question there is, can, will everyone get better or could this be a lifelong thing? You talked about the year after, but does it then go from postpartum to just regular depression? Again, I keep using air quotes for regular depression. If you don't get treated, it could last. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but it is very treatable. Um, so in that sense, you know, it's such a time of change for women when they are going through this right. matrescence or this right. adjustment to motherhood. Um, so it's, it's very treatable. And, and we um, like to say that it's temporary as mm-hmm. well because um, it responds very well to treatment. So if you get treatment, you will get better. Wonderful. Well, this question uh, makes me a little sad. What do I say to my friends and family who think I'm fine because I don't look physically ill? They're so focused on the baby and not on me. Yeah, that is sad. Um, I would say, you know, when you're talking with someone or someone asks the question like, oh, how's the baby doing or how's, 
you know, how's it going? Say, actually, I'm really struggling. Um, and to take that opportunity to be vulnerable mm-hmm. um, and um, steer them toward that postpartum international website sure, sure. Um, yeah. can be really helpful for um, just getting the education, putting a name to it, mm-hmm. um, and helping others understand what's happening. We talked a little bit about support groups, but what typically happens in a support group? And is it all like people kind of in the, the same cohort or how does that work? Yeah. So the support group that I run is open to any mom, um, but we tend to get a lot of the, the brand new moms. Mm-hmm. Um, so anywhere from a couple of days old um, up through about nine, 10 months postpartum. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got babies at several different stages, mm-hmm. um, but we, it's, it's open. There's no, um, uh, there's no agenda. Uh-huh. We come in and everybody gets to introduce themselves and talk about anything that's on their mind. Okay. Um, and so we try to, I try to make it a safe space to talk about anything and, um, people really, if they don't want to share, they don't have to, mm-hmm. but they can hear other people's experience and feel less alone. So it's a way to, um, kind of, uh, get that message of universality. Like mm-hmm. we're all in this together. We're all in this. You're not alone. Sure. There are other people that maybe their symptoms look different or they're not as severe. They're more severe, but it, it just helps them feel like, okay, less than that isolation. It has to be. I mean, if you sit around a room and you look around and we say, okay, I'm not the only person feeling this way. You hear a story. I, I would think it would be normalized. And I also think it would be comforting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, if you had one thing you wanted moms to know who might be struggling, what's that one message you want people listening to this show to take away? Well, PSI's message is um, it's treatable, it's temporary, and it's not your fault. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you, Jocelyn, for joining us today on Talk with the Doc and to everyone for listening and sending in your questions. We look forward to a future topic with more experts from Providence St. Joseph Health. And as a reminder, if this conversation was triggering for you, you can find help on the Postpartum Support International Helpline at 1-800-944-4773. Again, that number is 1-800-944-4PPD. Make sure to follow us on social media at PSJH on Twitter and on Instagram and under Providence St. Joseph Health on Facebook. To learn more about our mission, programs, and services, visit future.psjhealth.org. Thanks for listening.